welcome to Briz Podcast. So sit down, relax, and enjoy the show. Watch out now, who's gonna get you? Gonna bite, gonna fight, gonna cut you in two. Make you sweat when it's wriggling through. With a snap and a crack of the runaway crew. In time for a close-up, pro-sound, camera, magic. All right, people, action. Welcome to Briz Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As you guys probably heard, today's episode we're talking about the one and only, the legend crocodile hunter Steve Elvin. Today is um, his 57th birthday, Hero. If he was alive today, um, ladies and gentlemen. And um, what a good way of doing our first independent show. Talk about one of Australia's greatest icons. The thing, ladies and gentlemen, today... 57 years uh, Steve would have been today, 57 years old. And uh, to think, um, almost 13 years ago, um, he passed away from that tragic Stingray um, barb incident at the age of 44. And what a good way of just to celebrate his wonderful life and occasion on this wonderful day. Celebrate a great man that was known to Australians as the Crocodile Hunter and even around the world as... Well, besides the crocodile hunter in the US, unfortunately, the alligator hunter. <laughs> and just what a fantastic guy to be doing this wonderful thing for. What do we begin with this magnificent guy that ever walked on the earth? <laughs> um, well, to be honest with you, Steve um, was an ordinary Australian. He was actually something else. A very hyped up Australian that always loved getting out there in the wild, just going at it. Catching crocodiles, catching snakes, or any kind of animal that was in his eye, he would just go for it, and he would just give us a lot of info about, it. like, crocky mate. If I go near this croc, he's gonna go at me, and I do not want to do that whatsoever. And just like the accent, though, you know, to put it with him, though I've no, well, here in Australia, I could imagine just like like most Australians just having a regular accent, but him, his accent was noticeable around the world. It didn't matter where you were from, he knew. You knew his voice out of nowhere, where he says, Crikey! It's just amazing, though. That that accent was actually really, really good in those docos. But speaking of the docos in the movies that um, Steve made cameos in, uh, one of my favorite movies as of this day, um, The Crocodile Hunters Collision Course. His very first um, action movie, and um, it was very, very, um, very, like, very odd, like catching like, bad guys and such. Just over a crocodile. I'm just, I'm just looking at myself. When, was, when the movie came out, I was only at least three or four at the time. But it didn't matter what they, they were doing. It was just him in that movie with Terry. Just just doing all like crazy adventures. Like jumping on that crocodile. From the quote. We're looking for eyes shine. Crocodiles are ambush predators. They relaxed on camouflage. But in bright, beautiful lamps. Their eyes shine bright red. And just the amount of education you can get out of from that guy. It was just amazing. And the way how he jumped on that crocodile in that water, catching him, and putting that strength and power, it's just amazing, to be honest with you. That's something you, you can never see in most crocodile documentaries these days. They usually put out cages or anything else. Steve, nah. He'll, depending on the size of the crocodile, he'll jump from the boat into that water, wrestle this this ancient dinosaur that has 
existed over 100 million years is just amazing. And to be honest with you, this is something most people don't get to see that much anymore, unless you're looking at some of the docos that Steve did in those early days. And the docos were actually one of my favorite action action reality shows. I remember growing up, um, a childhood friend of mine, her and I would just, every single time we always came to each other's house, we just watched the docos. From his very first docos all the way up to the present, the very last one he did, which was the um, the Ocean's Deadliest, when unfortunately he got killed by a stingray. But if you guys understood how much memorabilia that I bought of Steve from back in the day, it was just crazy. From from the clothing brands, like the whole uniform from Australia Zoo, posters, DVDs, like basically my whole room was basically for Steve Bill memorabilia up to the age of 12. <laughs> and let me tell you something, that was, that was the best time my, my room was decorated ever. Phil memorabilia of just the man, the greatest man they ever lived around my room just every single day. But those docos get so much um, information, educational um, point of views that you could never imagine and you ever knew about wildlife. I learned so much in animal um, culture and wildlife and from those docos than I did anywhere else, such as like the zoo in general or just say a museum or even a book. Steve gave it all, all, all out about those animals in the world and that's something you really don't get to see it's just beautiful though he gave you so much about wildlife where no one could ever do it and those documentaries are just like one of the best things anybody could ever just look at like i can imagine my favorite my favorite season though from the um from the docos having to be oh good question oh you're talking about the documentaries of the crocodiles from australia zoo which i'll get on to in a little moment but all the crocodiles that he's captured and they always have a background story. Like my favorite crocodile for me would have to be Akko. No, like Agro, sorry, Agro. Um, <laughs> from Steve's point of view, he hated, Agro hated Steve. And I don't, and I wouldn't blame him because every single time when Steve would always go in his cage, he always wanted to kill him. Agro had so much anger and sure, no wonder he got his short name from aggression. It's just amazing. <laughs> like there was in the early days, he mows the lawn into his um his environment. Agro just comes out of nowhere and starts attacking him, just and killing the lawnmower. He just killed the lawnmower, then Steve, but he was happy with it though. <laughs> but um, yeah, just so much you can get from um not just knowing from these documentaries that Steve was in. It was just amazing. Even um the one he went to East Timor to celebrate to help out the um the local people there after the war with Indonesia, etc. Helping out with the crocodiles that were in bad environments and putting brand new environmental um, cages, etc. to make sure they have a best life and being crammed up into a little small square. And that's something that I've really, I found pretty interesting. Like he gave so much to the world in the small towns of Africa, in East Timor, or even the outback of Australia. He helped out the community, which for me is actually a really good thing because it's always good to help out one another wherever you are. No matter what you do, just always help out somebody in need. But um, his sanctuary, his most pride and joy, Australia Zoo, which for me it's like one of my greatest um, one of my greatest areas. So um, places to visit in the world. One well, of Disneyland, but I cannot determine. But my favorite wildlife zoo in the world is Australia Zoo. I've been there at least three times in my life. Back in 06, then 08, and then just recently last year in December. For the first time going back there in 10 years was just amazing. Because 
2008, um, two years on from his death, um, I had the opportunity of seeing Terry and his best mate Wes performing at the Quagasim. And to me, um, I, I couldn't pick like, pitch a better day to be there. Luckily, I was there to, to see one of my great inspiration, inspirational heroes. His wife and his best mate were there performing what he would have done if he was still alive back then. Just getting to know so much about what Steve has left in that in that zoo is amazing. It's expanding now thanks to his um, lovely family. And, well, 10 years ago when it was just a small zoo, now it's expanded up to with the um, Africa section and most other places around the zoo in general. But I was actually impressed of how the zoo has grown since he's, since he's been gone. The family's moved on and they look ahead into the future. And the, um, what's it? His kids, Terry, uh, his kids, Bindi and Bob, have now shown and stepped in his footsteps, have taken over the zoo with their mother. And I hope that for you they continue to do that for a long time. But just getting to think that from, from the past, um, where Steve started off, it's amazing. Even when I saw his very last documentary, which is The Ocean's Deadliest, which unfortunately was his last documentary he ever did, which faced, uh, towards the end of the video, um, his death and I won't forget the day that he passed away from us 2006 I get off a plane from overseas and then I just turn on a radio just turn on the radio and I hear Steve will be passing away due to an incident with a stingray barbing his heart and bleeding to death and that really broke me I was probably in silence for about a month or so like just the thing that he what he left behind and how he died was made me very it was actually very sad for me at the time. I couldn't believe, though, that this guy at the age of 44 died from a, from an animal that he's worked with in the past. A stingray, yeah. As we have noticed from stingrays in the past of how they are, usually they're not as frightened if it's a human, but the stingray, fortunately, um, thought he was a tiger shark or something. Barb went up, psh, pierced his heart. National hero in this country. But um, if he was alive today, I bet you things would have been much more different. He would have been continuing on our TV screens just going, Crikey, mate. Or don't. But continuing it on, though, um, as I forgot to mention back in the um, in the documentaries, there was one movie which um, was actually very surprising to most people. He, most people didn't know this, but he actually was in the movie Happy Feet. Yeah, as two characters. He was actually one of the, um, the elephant seals. You couldn't tell because his voice was like a little deep, but you actually could hear Crikey, and that was him. But if you look to the, the deleted scenes in that movie, um, George Miller actually um, put it in there, and he actually did a little description um, that the whole thing, Steve actually went up to George and said, I want to be part of this project. And because that whole movie was telling him about the wildlife of the penguins, of how they survive in the wild today. And luckily, they had him in as another as another character, as a seagull in the movie in the lead scenes with his iconic voice. And you can easily tell that really, um, they really made me cry at that age, 10 years old. Um, knowing that that was his lot, that would have been like one of the last movies he, ever, he could have ever done, just doing voiceovers of that seagull. Um, little girl, little case scenario. It's just a blue whale, mate. He's saying hello to you and asking why a like you is going out in the sea. 
there was something um, I was able to hear, like one of the last few words out of Steve, which made me just go crazy at that age. <laughs> uh, but George, um, if you ever do listen to this, I thank you so much for him being in that movie. That was just, that made my day back in 2007. <laughs> um, but um, in general, though, ladies and gentlemen, um, the world it now lost a very, very good Australian hero. And we, we do miss him on our TV screens every single week, just telling us something about wildlife that we don't know about it. And that, that's something that really changed the way we saw an, wildlife through Animal Planet. Animal Planet, uh, thank you so much for allowing this program to be on that at the time. And hopefully the old ones are doing pretty good right now with, um, with their new series right now. But how do we continue this love and affection for this guy? He actually changed this world as we knew it. He was on those live TV shows from Jay Leno all the way to Conan O'Brien. Even Oprah at that one stage. That was actually something. <laughs> um, I really found really funny because most of the most of the American shows he was on, he shows had the Australian humour and the Australian humanity into it. Every single show he was on was the was the these talk show hosts. Nah, get that thing away from me. They're just about they're just petrified. <laughs> because they think that we have um, yeah, we have um some creatures in our backyards. But the whole purpose of this whole adventure was to find an adventure. Going out, seeing the world in many different parts of the world, and discover brand new animals and some brand new culture while you're there. I think that's what Steve was trying to show us. Doesn't matter where you go, go on an adventure, find some decent animals. That way you can save wildlife and give that message that wildlife and conservation is my job and my ambition. Without any way, I wouldn't be the man who I am today. I'm guessing that's what he was been trying to say back then. But right now though, just just to think back though, the legacy he left behind. Now he's got his star on the Hall of Fame, which was a thing announced in the last year. And we couldn't be more proud of him as an Australian made another Australian made to the Star Hall of Fame. And look for many, many achievements in long the future with the other Irwins, such as Terry, Bindi and Rob. And hopefully throughout many of the volunteers and people of the Australia Zoo and many people around the world contributing to wildlife. In the end, at the happy birthday to Steve Irwin, he's up there right now looking down on us. And we wish you all the very best, mate. Well, I think that's the end of our um, independent show here on Bruce Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if you want to check out more, check out our Facebook page on Bruce Podcast, Instagram, and also check out our mates at Bruce Productions on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you, and good night.